a K-hole. People are dying. My name's Ashley Brandt, and joining me this week is reluctant keeping up with the Kardashians watcher, enthusiastic co-host, Kayla Chapin. Hello, I'm back. Are you so excited? Yes. yes. I badgered you all last week about whether or not you were going to watch the show this week, and surprise. And surprise. Not surprise, because you said... Will you co-host with me this week? And I said, okay, let me watch the episode. So that's how this came about. It wasn't me voluntarily watching the episode. Although, spoiler alert, I do kind of want to watch next week's episode. So, I mean, the the team over at E! Network can really put together a teaser trailer. They got me very hyped about this episode thinking we were going to get into some personal Kanye business. Spoiler alert, this episode let us down in more ways than one. Wow. I, but I certainly, I want to tune in for all of the drama yet to come. Chris and Caitlin getting facials together. Holy cow. Not just any facials, gold facials. Yes. I want to know where you can do that. Most importantly. For a discounted price. Not probably what they're getting. Check Groupon. Groupon. Yeah. yeah. I'll check Groupon. This is not a plug for Groupon, but if Groupon did want to sponsor us, I mean, I would not say no. You hear that, Groupon? We're waiting for you. <laughs> um, but before we get into this week's episode and the many ways in which it disappointed us, we have some IRL news to talk about first. Kayla, do you want to talk about what you're most excited about? I will tell you what I'm most excited about, and it is the launch of the new Kim and Kylie lip kits. They look beautiful. Four shades of nude, beautiful colors that I want to put on my mouth. Mm-hmm. Kind it's of a cream finish? A cream finish, yes. I'm very interested in that as opposed to the matte finish that mm-hmm. um, are so popular with the Kylie herself, just the regular old Kylie lip kits. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a couple of ColourPop knockoffs that mm-hmm. disappoint me every day. <laughs> Um, I noticed, so, I noticed you wearing one today and I thought it looked great on you, but. It, that's not, it wasn't. Really? It wasn't a ColourPop. No, I haven't been wearing them because one time I went to a party and I was wearing the Leo knockoff of right. the Kylie lip kit mm-hmm. and it apparently smeared all over my face and I had no idea. True story. When was this? This was Halloween. I was not dressed up for Halloween, but I was, you know, dressed up, you know, Mm -hmm. like got my lip kit on, no, not a lip kit, have my ColourPop, and I'm, and I am putting them on blast right now, ColourPop Rooch Lip (laughs) Matte Lipstick, liquid lipstick Mm -hmm. on my mouth, looked like I was making out with someone in someone's spare bedroom, and no one told me, so... I will never make that mistake again. I mean, I wish I'd been there because I think I would have done you the courtesy. You would have. You're the only one. And everyone needs a friend like that in their life. I think Kylie is that person for Kim. You know, they debuted, um, you know, the photo shoot that accompanies their collection. And you can really see, um, you know, the similarities that people have drawn, the parallels that people have drawn between Kind of how Kylie has come to look after, you know, what is speculated to be a series of cosmetic procedures, and how Kim looks after what is speculated to be a series of cosmetic procedures, but honestly, they both look great. They both look really great. I certainly hope that 
this lip kit will feature on Kylie's upcoming show. Yes. Uh, But moving on quickly, there is some news that I'm very excited to talk about, and it is Kendall Jenner's interview with Harper's Bazaar as excerpted by People Magazine. I certainly was not going to go out and buy a physical copy of a magazine, so we're going to be talking about the excerpts that appeared on People.com. There are a couple of highlights, and I want to run them by you. Okay, I'm ready. I'm not as girly as my sister's. I'm not marrying anyone anytime soon. There's nothing that serious in my life. I'm just young and having fun. Now, what does that say to you? It says to me, like, frankly, it reminds me of myself, maybe, like, post-high school transitioning to college. Like, I'm really cool. I'm so fun. I don't need a man. What that means was nobody wanted to be with me anyway. (laughs) I don't need a man. I'm not that girly. I'm not like other girls, you know? Um, Granted, Kendall's a very beautiful woman, and I'm sure many men would love to be with her. So I think that raises some questions for you then that, that I did not identify immediately. To me... That kind of consolation of comments certainly reads as a coded disclosure, a coded allusion to potentially her sexual orientation. Um, when we talk about gender expression in the mainstream, that's often kind of conflated with our sexual orientation, our gender identity. So by this I mean by saying that she's not girly, that suggests that she's potentially kind of tomboyish, and that certainly kind of hints at a a queerness. But then additionally, the comments about, I'm not marrying anyone anytime soon, I'm just young and having fun, that to me is very suggestive of evading the question of her personal life, and potentially setting herself up to expand on what being young and having fun is and whether that's quote-unquote experimenting whether that's you know having queer relationships anyway to me this seems like first of all Kendall is starting a new uh kind of publicity campaign to kind of mask the effect of Pepsi gay I think that's very certain the fact that the clips from her Harper's Bazaar interview were distributed to People Magazine, um, other popular news outlets says to me that, you know, someone on Kendall's team, Chris Jenner at all, wants that to be the first result instead of Pepsi-gate when someone Googles Kendall's name. Now, I am That's the marketer coming out in you. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> I mean, public relations is just marketing for celebrities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Brooke and I have been talking for a long time about the idea of... Kendall coming out. When would that happen? How would that happen? We recently said doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon if indeed she does identify as queer. This to me seems like the setup for a long-term coming out narrative. Yes, narrative. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. set it up by saying I'm not not girly. girly. Well, at the same time drawing attention to the lack of relationship with a man. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Kind of pointing to her singleness and her association with men and maybe even kind of drawing a question mark there. All of that being said, I think that 
there's a lot of ambivalence and there's a lot of ambiguity in this interview. Um, and I, I think that's purposeful, but we could definitely find out that in fact, everything was supposed to be taken at face value. We're definitely going to see it evolve because Kendall is so oddly present in this season. You know, I have watched now five Four. episodes five. of this season. Five of six? Or how many episodes are there out? Have I watched I, them all? I think I've watched... You've watched, I think, all but one. I think I've watched all but one. Um, and yeah, you're right. She has been oddly present. Um, so, something we want to keep an eye on. Whereas Kylie... Oddly absent. Oddly as absent. Though, as though she might be filming for her own show. I was going to say, as though she may be uh, working on her own project. I will be really curious to see where the overlaps between Kylie's show and Keeping Up With The Kardashians lie. Um, if you keep up with Keeping Up With The Continuity Errors, which is now on New York Magazine rather than Jezebel, um, you know that this show takes a lot of liberties with timelines and stitching together events. In this episode alone, we span from September the 9th when the Kendall and Kylie line debuted and was reviewed by Vogue to sometime after Thanksgiving, according to a conversation that Chloe and Scott have about right. the events of Thanksgiving that we were not privy to as viewers. That's a good, how many months is that? October? November? December. Three, Three good months. months. Yeah. That's very generous but there's a glaring absence because they're kind of filming around kanye's breakdown which was extremely public um just not so much in our access to those events but in the way that it was reported on um and the fact that it was so omnipresent in the days and weeks after it happened um you know it was reported that kanye got into a physical altercation at his gym shortly after cons after canceling the rest of his dates on the St. Pablo tour. We know that Kim was in New York as the show shows. Um, when this happened, she was getting ready to make her public debut for the first time since mm -hmm. the robbery. And she, in fact, flies back to LA to be with Kanye. And it's curious that they never really state what's happening with Kanye. Never throughout the entire episode they really build it up and like if you don't keep up with the kardashians like me or kanye you may not know what ha what happened or you may have forgotten what happened in these last <laughs> six months or however long it's been but i mean it's been it's been a minute and kanye's still lying low which as kim says seems to be what he needs it's like a well-earned break from the public eye well it's what she needed after paris absolutely um and as the family keeps stating this has been a very difficult year for both of them even amidst the success of the life of pablo and the saint pablo tour um and kim's kind of triumphant return after having saint west in december of 2015 um the second half of 2016 was really hard for them and we see these events through kim's eyes in a way or we really what we see is her sisters we see Prodding chloe her, really chloe looking at kim and that's our vantage point because Kim is 
too tired to talk about what's going on. She flies back to New York by herself without Kris Jenner, who offers to fly back, but then uh, ends up going to the Angel Ball, honoring Robert Kardashian instead. We've been working up to the Angel Ball for two episodes now. If we look back to When It Rains, It Pours, part one, uh, a lot of preparation for this event, honoring Robert Kardashian Sr., um, a lot of home videos being shown. We, we really led up to, like, a very short clip at the beginning of this episode, um, where they're just like, wow, thanks so much, and Chris is up there crying. <laughs> I'm sorry, and that I, cracked me up so much. <laughs> oh my god, I couldn't, I am just now having, like, memories of this part of the episode, where I'm just sitting there looking at Chloe and wondering what the hell she's wearing. Chris Jenner certainly wore something sheer as well. Do you really, I was curious about all of their outfit choices. <laughs> really? I I mean, I want to know what Kim would have worn had she gone to the ceremony. That's an excellent question. Because I'm sure, I'm sure she had a team of people on her first public appearance Oh, of course. Public her appearance first outfit. return to the, to the public eye. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Chris Jenner... Once again, erasing Caitlyn out of her life and pretending that she is Robert Sr.'s widow, you know? Yeah, that's really... Breaking into, yeah. the, you know, some tears, talking about the mother, the father of her children. You know, he, Robert Sr. taught us, you know, we have to get back, like, mm-hmm. um... As though they weren't divorced for the right. last ten years of his life. Right, yeah. You know, when we, you know, we're very fortunate. We are all very fortunate. In that case, we must give back some of our fortune to upon others, you know? Um, <laughs> Did you catch, I don't know if you knew this before watching this episode, that Kris Jenner met Robert Kardashian when she was 17? No, that's news to me, I think. I mean, maybe I've heard it before, but, like, do you have any more background on that? You know, she was a flight attendant. She was 17. She was from San Diego. And he was in his mid-30s and was an airline passenger. And by the time Kris Jenner was, like, 23, she had, like, three kids. Some of that story is familiar to me. Some of it is new. Um, I I remember the flight attendant storyline but i didn't i don't think i realized her age and the uh rapid pace in which that evolved so wow Ooh, yeah interesting you know um <laughs> oddly enough that's something that she really had in common with nicole brown simpson we talked about this a little bit on pulp the podcast based on a true story when we were covering um American crime story. The O.J. Simpson. People versus O.J. Yeah. Simpson. Mm-hmm. Um, because O.J. and Kim and Nicole met when Nicole was like an 18-year-old waitress. Very similar situations where a very young girl kind of coming into her, I don't even want to say adult identity. Did you feel adult at 18? Absolutely not. No. 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 Not a chance. I mean, I barely feel adult now. Um but I do know that other people my age do feel adult. Um, so I don't want to, uh, you know, discount their feelings. So, But I think universally a larger 
percentage of the population feels not quite adult at 18. Um, so certainly, you know, a young girl, a teenage girl coming into legal adulthood who is um, kind of swept off her feet by an older man who has quite a bit of financial means, some financial power over her, some, you know, public notoriety, mm -hmm, some social mm -hmm. currency over her. Um, you know, it's interesting that she and Nicole had that in common and those marriages kind of fell apart around the same time. Obviously, Nicole's to quite different <laughs> ends. The point is that Kris Jenner goes up on that stage and talks about Robert Kardashian and Corey sits there and takes it like a champ. He attends this event. He puts on a tux. He socializes with Jonathan Chibin, who is there. Uh, Jonathan was there. I did take note of that as well. I'm like, man, why, why, why? Why are you here? Actually, when I first saw them all sitting at a table together, I'm like, what are, what is this event again? So I'm like, what's Corey doing here? He's, I've, Just... I've like totally like had a lapse of memory for what we were celebrating. And <laughs> And we were celebrating Robert Kardashian Sr. And there's Corey. Great guy. Supportive, supportive guy. Amazing. Just at an event honoring his current girlfriend's ex-husband. Dead ex-husband. Late ex-husband. Late ex-husband. That would be a nicer way to say it. You're right. <laughs> Corey Gamble. I mean, what more can you want in a boy toy? Really? security expertise and a willingness to honor your former flames in a public fashion mm -hmm. but all of this to say then it's over and we don't really check in with kim until sometime in the future and we don't even talk about kanye you know no we really don't i mean flash to like chloe on the couch with scott like having a conversation about thanksgiving um, which Chloe did not attend. We do see her and Tristan together because she does fly from New York goes to, to Cleveland, Cleveland for a turkey thing where they're donating stuff to people. And she's doing her good deed. She's she's giving back as her late father taught her to do. That when you have the means, you give back. Mm -hmm. And now she's giving back to the people of Cleveland on Thanksgiving. Yeah, with Tristan Thompson in his first on-camera appearance. Yes. On the show. Now, the major question is, is he going to be a supporting character on this series? Because Lamar was a supporting character. Honestly, French Montana was a supporting character. Yeah. And he was a delight. I thought he was a fool when I started watching uh, Chloe and Courtney take, or Courtney and Chloe take the Hamptons. But he grew on me, you know? Mm -hmm. James Harden never made the cut you know well i mean i think maybe this is you know his test um because i mean Corey doesn't have a great screen presence but he'll show up yeah collects his check yeah yeah he does um scott not even with courtney anymore still still a major supporting character on this series that's He's becoming one of my favorites. I can't, I, I can't deny it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we see Tristan in this very philanthropic uh, role mm -hmm. as for his first appearance, which, mm -hmm. you know, start him off on the right foot. He's charismatic. Mm -hmm. I really can't say the same of Tyga, who was written out pretty much, you know, after the first two episodes he appeared in. We never heard from him again. So, you know... 
This could be the start of a good thing. I think so. I think he could be... He will be better than Tyga. I don't think he's going to be written out anytime soon because Chloe seems to be getting serious with him. Despite the fact that... Did you know this? Tristan um, has an ex-girlfriend who very, very recently, like within the last like few months, had a baby. His baby? Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I did not know that. I am sure you're surprised to hear that I did not know that Tristan's ex-girlfriend has a baby. <laughs> Chris Jenner's doing her job, burying that info deep where only the true obsessives like me are going to find it. Wow. I mean, let's get him in there. We need, we need storylines. Let's just, I mean, I don't want to see any more conversations happening on couches, but, you know, that's a lot to ask and I don't foresee that happening anytime soon, but, you know, anytime we can flash over to a new face, I like it. Yeah. Welcome, Amon in. Speaking of... Conversations on couches? Yes. <laughs> uh yeah back to chloe and scott talking about thanksgiving mm-hmm. um which chloe did not attend chloe did not attend um so she wanted to know how it went so she went to the best source for that information her sister's ex-boyfriend her sister's ex-boyfriend um yeah so scott kind of gives us a little bit of a recap um apparently thanksgiving was a bit awkward for him wonder why that was couldn't have been because kanye was not present and kim was kind of what in and out um and no one really wanted to ask her any questions about what was going on um so just another vessel for us to not know what's happening absolutely um, with kanye but that conversation which 100 percent could have taken place over text message was absolutely staged for the benefit Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of the audience you know Chloe and Scott, likable, animated pair. You know, put them together to deliver us the information. What is up with Kim? What is up with Kanye? And it's interesting because Scott says it must be hard to deal with that, to have that happen to Mm -hmm. you. And he's using that and clearly referring to something that he and Chloe both understand, but the audience does not. That's, I think, the closest we get to the acknowledgement that there is, like, a distinct kind of event, event yeah. happening mm-hmm. that's kind of unfurling before the family. Um, Kim, I don't think, ever acknowledges that Kanye was in the hospital. I, not to my knowledge. Um, so it's it still kind of remains a mystery to the um, average, average Joe, average Jane, like myself. What's going on? I have no idea. I mean, great question, because this episode did not provide any clarity. Despite, like, two more couch conversations, Cam and Chloe on Chloe's couch, as well as a powwow with Chloe, Courtney, and Kim in Courtney's living room. The destination for all difficult conversations with the Disick kids crawling all over the couches. Just a classic setup. Oh, my favorite... Um, was when actually Chloe and Scott were talking and um, Chloe asks uh, Mason about his girlfriend. Oh, yes. And what color hair she has. And she's a blonde, which is comforting news to Chloe, who says that Mason's last girlfriend looked just like Courtney. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Did no. Mason 
nice and sleep in Courtney's bed until maybe an too older, long. <laughs> yeah, maybe an older age than most people would feel comfortable with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he doesn't know any better. Yeah, he just I mean, goes with, go with what you know. Everybody has a type. <laughs> oldest children are weird. As an oldest child, like no one is leading the way for you to figure out how to behave. That is absolutely true. Honestly, I mean, I have a younger brother, and I, but I have I don't think that I've done that for him. But certainly, no one did it for me. So we can all just be thrown out there into reality, whatever. Absolutely. And speaking of oldest, Courtney is very non-present in this episode. She appears at the beginning of the episode when she is attending the angel ball. And she just appears to facilitate this conversation in her living room. Mm -hmm. She's mostly interested in whatever Penelope's doing, which, I don't know, Penelope's cute, but, like, I I can't even remember what that was about. I don't either. I definitely remember her being there, but, wow. It's definitely in her living room because I've seen it many times before. But that's really about it for our A plot, which kind of wraps up with this unsatisfactory sort of Kanye needs some time off and Kim's gonna be there for him kind of wrap up you know yeah it was um again I feel like this is a theme now since my last episode a lot of build up for no payoff um no resolution uh we're still just left hanging really I don't know if I, I feel like we will continue to be left hanging I don't think this is I don't know I mean, the show is theoretically going to extend far into Kanye's recovery, and I don't know if we're ever going to see him again. We did see him on Kim's Snap this weekend. Did you see this? You don't follow Kim don't on Snap. Don't follow Kim on Snap. You really should because Kanye wore an Easter Bunny costume. Well, I'm sorry that I missed that. But Kanye is the Easter Bunny. Honestly, like, very, very cute. There were, like, a bunch of kids at their house. I should also mention this is their Bel Air house because... When Kim is talking to Chloe, she discloses that although their Hidden Hills home was close to being done, Kim had all of the work on the house stop. You may not know this. So, you know how you may not know this either. Um, (laughs) I know nothing. (laughs) You know how there was a period where, of like a year, where Kim and Kanye were living with Kris Jenner? No. Okay, so around the time that North was born, Kim and Kanye had bought their Bel Air house, Mm -hmm. um, and they were doing extensive renovations on it, right? So for about the first year of North's life, they lived with um, Kris Jenner at Kris Jenner's compound, the one that we see Mm -hmm. um, so prominently throughout the episodes. Um, They moved out. Then... They bought their Hidden Hills home. Anyway, they start immediately doing, like, a bunch of renovations and basically just, like, gut the house, bring it down to, like, its framework, and then put in, you know, a recording studio and a spa and a basketball court and, like, whatever else they're doing. Um, And so that house has been under construction for, like, two years, I want to say. Like, a very long period of time. They've spent millions on these houses, right? So eventually... After Kim has Saint, they actually move in with Chris Jenner again for a short period of time where there's work being done on the Hidden Hills house, which they want to move into, but then they move out of Chris Jenner's house and into the Bel Air house where they live now, which is super beautiful, and that's the one that's on Kim's snap, um, if you ever see her snapping in her home. 
Anyway, the idea being that they would eventually move into the Hidden Hills home after all of the renovations had ended. And in that scene, Kim says that renovations are close to being done, but she is so taxed by what is happening with her and with Kanye that she just has all of the projects stop then and there. That doesn't seem like a logical sequence of events. And why they would feel like they need to include that. Yeah, great question. I mean, we even even talked about the renovations going on in that second home of theirs for an eternity. Um, and it definitely makes me wonder, was this filmed potentially to fodder a storyline about Kim and Kanye separating? About Kim and Kanye having marital difficulties? Yes, let's please put that in there and let's actually come to a conclusion about it. I'm fine with that storyline. Let's put it in. <laughs> Get it in there, set it up, let's squash it. And move on. Yeah. I would love to squash something and move on. Because I don't feel like that's happened yet. No. For me. It has truly never, never happened in the history of this show. Great. I want to say. Great. Looking forward to watching subsequent episodes. The only resolution comes with, I think, divorce. Um, and not even then in Chloe and Lamar's case. And, <laughs> and death. I think that's about the only time we get a true resolution and you can really count on a storyline not coming back to haunt you mm. the following season the b plot gives us some stakes but i mean when they introduce the idea that kendall and kylie's line is going to be interviewed by vogue you know it's not going to get a bad interview if they, it get a bad review if it got a bad review it would open with like kendall being like we got a bad review in vogue just gonna move on from we here would, yeah we would not have a whole conversation revolving around it um because this show has never highlighted failure failure. (laughs) yeah um i i will say that i did enjoy um kendall and kylie speaking with the lady from vogue um about their line and their vision for it and like what they felt it represented because it was very lackluster and like empty to me Um, they're like, you know, the California girls, um, but, you know, like, we're evolving, and we're, you know, we're changing, we're, we're realizing things, this is the year where we're realizing things, (laughs) and then, then Kendall pulls out this shirt, and she's like, this is Kylie's dog, and Kylie's like, oh yeah, he's my inspiration, and like, wow, okay, you're in Vogue magazine, like, do you have any more substance to the vision for your line, or is this it, because I think that was about it. Just some basics, you know. Um... Some basics, things that you can wear with anything, um... She's like, oh, are you into repeating outfits? They're like, well, no, no, that's not what I meant. Kendall's like, well, no, maybe like pieces. I'm like, I doubt it, but okay. And here I am wearing the same pair of sweatpants for two days in a row. Literally wore these jeans yesterday and I wear the same five things every week. So I got one outfit for each day of the week and I wear lounge clothes on the weekends. It's life. That's really all you need, and that's Mm -hmm. why I'm glad Athleisure is back in full force, but that's certainly not what Kendall and Kylie's line is all about. Now, we were very curious, what did Vogue actually say? Because Kris Jenner's kind of representation of the Vogue article is a little chopped and screwed. 
you can see that there's something being cut out here. Kendall's reaction is a little, eh, you know. It's very, like, unexcited. Like, you know, if it was, like, a such a superb review, I feel like there would be more, like, shouting and, like, screaming Just and excitement. general or animation. Any, any, yes, general animation of any kind. And Chris is like, well, I know that you were, like, worried about this. And she was, um having a photo shoot for Will I Am's headphones. Buttons is what buttons. the headphones are called. <laughs> she couldn't get beats, but she got buttons. <laughs> um, so she's at this photo shoot, and then Chris is like, oh, like, I didn't want to, you know, tell you what the review is like until after your photo shoot. And, like, Kendall's, like, shushing her and, like, trying to read it. And, mm-hmm. like, there cut was just, like... Cut to a commercial break. Yeah. And then cut back. And it's the exact same thing as before the commercial break. Just a general, like, flatness in her face mm-hmm. that never, like, you know, you don't really ever see a smile or, like, a softness come back to her. So, no, you know, nothing really amazing that was said, but... Let's find out. Jezebel did the investigative work. Shouts out to Jezebel. Honestly, my main news source in this day and age. Um, And Jezebel notes that this is really more of a factual article rather than a subjective review. Um, It notes that clearly the Jenner name, like West's, moves product. Um, And it notes that the Jenners are the quote-unquote creative forces behind the brand. They prefer not to have official titles. If their hands aren't getting dirty in the actual crafting of clothing and accessories, the selling point is that the pieces are made in their image, their everyday style, more than than their red carpet get-ups. Now, do you see or hear a subjective or evaluative phrase... In no, that I sentences. can't say that I do. Um, I mean, and you can see it in the, well, like, I don't, what's the lady from Vogue's name? Nicole Phelps. When she's talking to Kylie and Kendall about the lion, like, she's not very impressed. And nor, nor was I, obviously. No. Um, it looks like some upgraded, like, American Apparel Basics. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know if I want to say upgraded. Like, one of them just it's had a picture same- of Kylie's dog on it, you know? Yeah. Her inspiration. <laughs> this is my inspiration. Like, we're, we're, we used to say that we're, like, California, like, for California girls, but, you know, we're evolving. And Nicole's like, can you bring out last season's line to see what has changed? <laughs> if anything, like, I want to know what they mean by that. <laughs> because, really, everything they were saying was just, like, empty garbage words. Oh, Yeah. We're just evolving. Like, this is our brand, and we have basics, but we would never wear the same outfit twice. But you can wear pieces more than once. <laughs> but please don't. Please buy individual ones and never wear them again. The Kendall and Kylie line is available at PacSun Kendall and Kylie. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, we would be happy to review your line, and we would use some qualitative phrases. We would give our subjective account here on this podcast, much unlike Vogue's Nicole Phelps, who um, held back, showed some restraint in her evaluation and, and of this so, line. doing so, did you a favor. <laughs> truly. Um, but speaking of evolution, truly the highlight of this storyline was a momentary look into season one Chris Jenner, or as Kendall and Kylie call her, spiky-haired mom. 
spiky-haired mom, season one mom. Um, I just love the idea that they're marking time in seasons, you know? <laughs> That's exactly the takeaway that I had, too. That's, that was very sweet. How old were they in the first season? Oh, they were like 10-ish. Yeah. Like 11, 10. Well, they miss um, Chris's spiky hair. I think she looked really good with that kind of hair. She really did. I was going to say, I don't disagree. It was a great look. There are some highlights from that era. They have a smaller house that does not look like a labyrinth of black and white hell. Um, you know, Chris has spiky hair. Chris does some pole dancing. Chris hangs out with rappers. Um, you know, there are some true gems to be had when the family was not so focused on maintaining such an inoffensive public image. Yeah, we'll miss those times. But also taking us back to the golden area era wow. Also taking us back to the golden era of reality TV is Felica Hack, who we've not seen in a minute. Chloe's best friend, everyone's best friend, Malika, who is back to share the news of her joyous new relationship with Ronnie from Jersey Shore. I didn't know he had a last name until I had to Google him today. I already forget what it is. Margo, something like we that. We don't need Magra. to know. It doesn't even matter. It's Ro- Everyone knows who Ronnie from Jersey Shore is. <laughs> He's his own brand. Um, honestly, I love any time that Malika pops up because it brings me back to the ATL days, as we know. Um, one of my favorite movies. I was very into T.I. for a hot minute. Um, but, oh my goodness, her and Chloe get into a fight. Uh, she and Chloe get into a fight. Uh, well, I guess I'm getting ahead of, ahead of myself. Um, she's fresh off the set of Famously Single. Second season of a hot, hot reality show. Um, pitting celebrity, not pitting, <laughs> you know. Celebrities are enjoying each other's company uh, in some kind of bachelor scenario. I don't know. (laughs) Working through their intimacy issues. Their relationship problems. Malika describes it as a sort of boot camp. And she meets Ronnie there because they're both famously single after he parted with Sammy. Sweetheart Sammy. Sammy Sweetheart. Um, Also of Jersey Shore fame. uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um... They were, they had a very tumultuous relationship. Um, I don't know if you watched much Jersey Shore. Um, no, not much at all, no. You asked me previously if I did, and I also said, no, not really, but enough, you know. When you're sick on the couch at home from school, usually there's some kind of marathon playing on MTV or whatever. Um, so I do know that they had a quite a volatile relationship, so I'm not surprised to hear that ronnie is on a show about relationship problems um absolutely because they were the couple of jersey short uh everyone else was doing hookups from what i understand Mm -hmm. until they got pregnant yeah um shouts out to snooki and jay wow who are now rocking the mom brand wow they're they're taking it to another level but but you know ronnie and sammy were the source of the relationship drama Mm -hmm. because they hooked up season one and then kept it up i don't know how long that show was on people were very into it i wish i could say the same for me it did not grab me in the same way that this masterpiece does (laughs) um all of that being said 
Malik is hot off the set of Famously Single, and she's here to talk about her new relationship. A new boo, Ronnie from and Jersey Shore. <laughs> as Chloe points out, Chloe, uh, you know, Malik is very into this relationship. She's posting about it on Instagram. She's ignoring Chloe's calls. Even after Malika was kind of like, I never see you anymore because you're spending a lot of time in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, what is, where are they where they kind of get into it? Chloe's sitting in a chair getting her hair done. I don't know what she's doing. I don't know well, I forget what it was. Well, she, okay, first of all, not first of all, this might be later in the episode. Chloe is, like, in her kitchen and then Malika comes in and then Chloe is just extremely passive-aggressive to her. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. I don't remember. This might have been a time I had my head buried in my phone. <laughs> she, okay. As I did often throughout the episode. Malika comes in and Chloe's just in her kitchen. And it's first of all like, okay, clearly someone from production let you in. And Chloe's obviously not surprised to see you there, but you're trying anyway. And then Chloe's just like, why don't we just talk about it if that's going to make you feel better? And then Malika's like, why are you being weird? And Chloe's like, I'm not being weird. And it's such a repeat from Chloe talking to Caitlin in the previous episode. I was just going to say, like, this is exactly what I thought as well when I was watching their interactions. Like, Chloe is trying to blame Malika for things, and maybe a few of those things are something that, you know, are valid um, concerns, but, you know, Chloe is, yeah, Chloe's in Cleveland. She's doing her shit, too. Um, She's the star, honestly. Um, So... Malika gets left in the dust, and that's not a surprise. Yeah, I mean, Dash Dolls didn't get picked up for another season, so you gotta give Malika something to do here. Give her some airtime. Give her some airtime. So this is how we get it. We have this little spat um, where Malika's spending too much time with Ronnie, and Chloe doesn't get to see her, but Chloe's spending too much time in Cleveland, and Malika doesn't get to see her. Um, and Malika just wants to have a good cry about it. That's all she wants. She really does. She, Malika, and then she does. Yeah. They sit down on the couch, talk it out. Malika's like, actually, Ronnie and I aren't doing so hot. Um, I, but I don't want to rain on your parade because you're so happy. I don't want to bring you down is basically what she comes out with. Um, whatever. <laughs> So this brings us what kind potentially... of friend are you? Real friends try to bring each other down to, to each other's level. Absolutely. <laughs> your true friends are the ones you can be your worst version of yourself <laughs> with. She's like, oh, I just like, you're just so happy and I didn't want to rain on your parade. And Chloe's like, oh my God, if things are going bad between you and Ronnie, like, I have to know, like, now I have to take you out for wine or whatever. Uh, and then they like cry about it. Yep. It's, Beautiful. And the viewers have to turn, tune into Famously Single Season 2 coming this summer on E. Honestly, I want to. I don't even care. I mean, honestly, we got a request to look into, you know, Malika and Ronnie a little bit more. There have been very few statements. They basically debuted their relationship in December when they got off the set. They'd broken up by February. Um, oh, I love that because now, you know... News outlets are saying they were together from 2016 to 2017, which, you know, technically is correct, but (laughs) makes the relationship seem a lot longer than it was. Uh, It was about two months, so. um. You know how it is. You know, you Instagram that two-month relationship and. uh, Then it fizzles out. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
But, uh, you know, Ronnie's doing the circuit, promoting the show. Um, just a couple of weeks before this episode aired, he talked about how he and Malika split up, how on Famously Single Season 2, you're going to see their relationship start with a friendship, which sounds like a new and exciting thing for him that he's kind of unfamiliar he's with. He's, like, really maybe matured, and, like, usually the way he dates girls is, like, oh, like, he, like, sees them and he feels this, like, sexual chemistry with them and wants to, like, bang them and... Here, he sees with Malika, like, wow, like, we have a different kind of connection, and I want to be her friend, which doesn't really work out for Ronnie, no. apparently. But which... he, he's doing the rounds promoting the show, um, kind of on the red carpets, he's doing the press circuit. Malika's not, but she is doing her part, her contractual obligation on Keeping Up with the Kardashians to promote... Name-dropping. Famously single. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, we did some Googling, and I found a clip of Jessica White uh, having a romantic bubble bath with um, Somaya Reese, and I'm not going to lie, I'm definitely going to watch that. Famously Single Season 1 featuring... You know, some queer ladies, some sapphic content, which is all I'm looking for in my everyday life. I prefer the typical, you know, we saw another clip where, uh, I don't even remember who it was, uh, and it doesn't even matter. (laughs) Some, like, couple, straight couple fighting over, like, pizza at a restaurant. I'm like, that's familiar to me. Like, that's something I expect out of a relationship. So I'll be tuning in for pizza arguments and wow i hope there's more to it than just the one we should also mention that dj Polly d from jersey shore was, was on in, this first season yes where he met aubrey o'day of danny, danny kane wow throwback like that brings more yes. nostalgia to me wow truly some cream of the cream of the crop as far as reality stars go imo mm. oh <laughs> i could not agree more and it seems like Polly and Aubrey are still going strong. Honestly, like, by the time this episode airs, that could change. It seems like they've kind of been a little on-off. But, you know, good for them. Maybe we'll see some more rotating Jersey Shore cast in this show. I don't know if there's going to be more sapphic content. I will tune in, but that's not guaranteed for season two. So, sorry, Malika. I'm not going to be boosting your numbers there. But if you want to sponsor us. Oh, if you want to sponsor us, I will start another (laughs) podcast. Uh, yeah. It looked like, honestly, from the previews, it looked like it was trying to capture the magic of Flavor of Love. Honestly, one of the best reality shows out there. Absolutely. As well as Rock of Love. As well as I Love New York. Oh Tiffany Pollard herself is going to appear in season two. That actually might be a draw for me because that is that is an iconic woman. That is, to me, the pinnacle of a reality TV personality right there. I could sit and watch that over and over. Yes. If you guys have not treated yourself to Tiffany Pollard, I urge you right now, Flavor of Love, her first appearance, she appears the next season as a little a little wild card, uh, kind of shaking things up. And then she gets her own show. I don't remember what happened. I just know that I, I know needed what, to I see more of her. I know that some guy sucked on her toes, and that was weird. Oh, my God. Wow, I have so many... Ma- you know, every time I'm on this show, I feel like 
I have a lot of repressed memories that just like come back out and this is one of them and I'm just feeling amazing right now. Um, Flavor of Love, honestly, one of my top favorite shows of all time. Like, I don't care. Just the legacy, the legacy of great reality TV that led to that moment and continued after it. I'm talking like um, Surreal Life. Surreal Life. Oh, God. (laughs) Starting with Surreal Life. Throwback. Starting with Surreal Life, which has such celebrity matchmaking as Adrian Curry and that guy from the Brady Munch. I cannot be bothered to look up his name at this point. They lasted a good five years, which that series also led to Bridget Nielsen and Flava Flav <sighs> briefly getting their own show before they broke up like five episodes in, which led to Flavor of Love seasons like one through three. Incredible. Which led to I Love New York. Also incredible, which somehow led to Rock of Love? Kind of, in a roundabout way. In a roundabout mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, Flavor of Love also led to Charm School. <laughs> Ashley, will you be putting together a flow chart of all of these? Absolutely. <laughs> of all of these shows for would... our viewers, <laughs> for our listeners. <laughs> There was an era where VH1 was truly the cream of the crop in terms of reality TV. Then, um, on the other hand, when MTV started coming out with all of those things, like, uh, True 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 Life, Life. um... That makeover show. The makeover show. I Wanna Be... Was it? No. You and I are thinking about the same thing, and I can't think what it's called. We are. Because I remember, like... The start of it. Made. Made. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Made. Wait, okay. Parental control. Then there was next. Next. (laughs) Next was the better one. Okay, I also loved all of the queer episodes of next, because, like, on the straight episodes. Because then, like, they all just hook up with each other. Yeah, exactly. Like, they would just cut to the bus, and it would be, like, a bunch of guys hooking up with each other. What was the one? Room Raiders? Room Raiders and Celebrity Room Raiders. Oh my god. I still honestly think about Room Raiders a lot. Like, what if someone, like, showed up at my door and was like, hey, we're raiding your room, like... Absolutely not. I would never allow that. (laughs) I mean, I would definitely not win. I'm trying to think. I feel like there were other really good ones. Were there? No, there weren't. I honestly don't know. But I mean, those, those were ones. so good. <laughs> if you can think of any other hot, hot MTV reality shows. Or VH1, or VH1 reality, reality shows. shows. Tweet us. <laughs> yeah. No, send us your favorite golden era of reality TV shows. You should know what we're talking about at this point. You should definitely know. I want to be reminded because there's nothing I love more than nostalgia. And you can hit us up at Ashley Brandt on Twitter. Or at Kayla Chapin, also on Twitter. Anyway, hit us up with your favorite reality TV shows and let us know, you know, how you think this current era stacks up. I think Duck Dynasty is obviously a huge letdown, but TVH, I can't stop watching Intervention and I can't stop watching Quarters. All of this to say, I mean, like, E is keeping the second season of Famously Single, you know, closely guarded here you know they want to create intrigue with this episode they want to create intrigue with ronnie's 
red carpet interviews. They probably wanted to create intrigue when Malika was contractually obligated to post that photo of her and Ronnie kissing in front of the sunset. I mean, I will tune in for New York. Wrapping up this episode, there's really not... Again, kind of like I mentioned at the beginning, this episode really didn't speak to me in any special ways. I was distracted with other things, like dinner, napping. You know, they had to cover Kanye's breakdown. They were not going to be able to avoid it. And they seemed to just throw whatever storylines were convenient Mm -hmm. in the mix Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. fill some time. Moving into power rankings, I feel like you guys can all guess who's at the bottom. And it's Malika. Malika who cries on camera. Malika who makes a contractually obligated appearance, I'm sure, to promote Famously Single coming this summer on E! And I mean, I think of what might be my personal rock bottom, and I think it would be dating Ronnie from Jersey Shore. So, you know, there's no way you could move up the list. I mean, I'm going to be real, like, that's a, I don't I don't see the appeal at all. I don't see see the appeal, and that's why she's the last on our list this week. Absolutely. Um, coming in at number nine, right above Malika is gonna be Kylie. She doesn't make much of an appearance. She's she's there. She's... She makes fun of Kendall's anxiety about the Vogue write up. And honestly, rightly so. I was going to say. I did too. <laughs> in my mind. Um, so, yeah. she She's there, but she's not really doing much. She's there to collect her check, much mm-hmm. like Courtney, who offers her living room as a space to <laughs> talk about whatever's going on in Kim's life once again. I do wonder if they just have studio lights permanently set up in that room or, like, what the deal is. Um, Honestly, yes, they probably do. But that's all we really see from her aside from the angel ball. But, you know, Courtney's there collecting her check. Courtney's there collecting her check. Um, Coming in above Courtney is going to be Kendall. Um, I mean, she, again, her and Kylie are kind of on the same wavelength. Um, They're there for the Vogue thing. It goes well, just as... Well, quote unquote. Well, it goes neutrally, really. Um, <laughs> it's just a factual right. It's a thing that happened in the show, and it's a thing that happened in life, and that's just about it. <laughs> She's got buttons. She's got the buttons campaign, <laughs> and that's a neutral version along. of Beats. So it's really just like we're in the boat and we're just sailing. All, all kind of coming up neutral for Kendall. Just really breaking even, I think. Coming in slightly above Kendall is Scott, who, you know, takes on the task of having a stage conversation with Chloe. You know, he talks about his awkward Thanksgiving experiences, and I think we all kind of feel for him, you know? Other people's emotions are weird. I don't like dealing with them. Neither does Scott, seemingly. I mean, he really gives us the only insight into what's happening with... Con- well, he gives us nothing, but, you know. He, he, he is He us. explains the awkwardness. We all feel weird, and so yeah, does Scott. Yeah, we all feel weird, and so does Scott, and 
he gets to share it with us and we are sharing it with him so our audience surrogate our audience surrogate thank you scott um above scott is going to be chloe um not really much to say about her either she has a fight she's passive aggressive she's once passive again. aggressive um her cancer she... coming out <laughs> her cancer coming out um she i mean eventually makes up with malika hooray mm-hmm. she has a series of conversations about kim and with kim she mm-hmm. probably gets the most screen time in this entire episode yeah i agree with that um Thanks. Thanks, Chloe. <laughs> Thanks for showing up. Thanks for showing up. Coming in above Chloe is Chris Jenner, who offers to fly back with Kim to um, attend to her son-in-law's mental health crisis, and instead she decides to celebrate her late ex-husband at a gala in New York. She gets the Chris Jenner waterworks on. This is the best version of, Kim, of Chris that we're going to get. TBH. I think this is her peak. I think her true momager days are over and it's all about crying on camera now. Let's take as much as we can get. Alright, uh, so we have cracked the top three um, from this episode. So coming in at number three is our main man, Corey. Um, thank you so much for being a supportive boy toy to Chris by attending her late husband's um gala he's there we're all just here i think (laughs) we're doing the best we can he's doing the best he can speaking of people who are just here our number two for this week is kim kardashian west who though she doesn't say much um exudes a very poised presence throughout the episode Obviously, she's tired. That's definitely part of it, that she needs to look emotionally invested in what's happening with her husband and with her family. But, um, you know, she never breaks character. She's taking Kanye seriously. She's talking about taking on more responsibility, doing what she can for him. And the result is kind of this fulfillment of the mother archetype. Yeah. All right, she... We're all just doing the best we can, mm-hmm. again. And Kim is the best at controlling her public image. Yes, she is. As we've proven week after week. So, uh, number one in the power rankings this week is going to be a fun one. This one came uh, as, as a suggestion from one of our listeners. Um, Robert Kardashian Sr. coming in at number one this week. Uh, we've been seeing a lot of him lately. I mean, we we <laughs> open at a gala honoring his memory. And then, you know, Chloe and Courtney are talking about how the spirit of Robert Kardashian Sr. is with Kim in this difficult time. And as always, the, the memory of Robert Kardashian Sr.'s traumatic death is going to float the Kardashian sisters through this difficult time and these awkwardly cobbled together storylines. Really, we've seen more of Robert Kardashian Sr. in the last couple of episodes than we've seen of anyone else. He keeps popping up in home videos. He's popping up in conversations. He's popping up in Paris. Blackberry um, alarms. Blackberry alarm situation. Um, he's he's <laughs> He really has a strong presence this mm-hmm. season. He He's just an effervescent plot device. 
perennially available, you know, if you're having a hard time, Robert Sr. is there. Did you if hear? something suspicious is happening, could be Robert Sr. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear? You know that Chloe is a DUI, right? No. <laughs> Literally every conversation starts with, you know this happened, right? And they're like, no. <laughs> but that's why you're a great co-host. <laughs> we get to relive old memories Truly. instead of just assuming that everyone knows about them. Truly, you're a great audience surrogate, much like Scott, you know? That's what I'm here for. Exactly. Um, but in one of the early seasons, Chloe gets a DUI. She's pulled over for driving drunk. Um, she eventually, like, fucks up her probation. Um, has to go to jail for, like, a couple hours. Because California has a horrible overcrowding system. Much less to talk about the police state and mass incarceration. Anyway, so... Um, the way it's cobbled together in the show, it is shown as though Chloe is upset about the anniversary of her father's death. Instead, her DUI happens sometime after the anniversary of her father's death, like weeks later. And the show presents it as if these are kind of co-occurring things. The anniversary of her father's death, Chloe making the irresponsible choice to drink and drive very related and then we have paris and the anniversary of their father's funeral Funeral. just see how many parallels we can draw yeah there are lots of dates in his life we've got birthdays we've got anniversaries we've got date of death we've got funerals like there's a robert kardashian senior occasion for every time of the year (laughs) they're like mini holidays wow (laughs) Um, but you know, his ghost, as remembered by Chris Jenner, is really taking on a starring role. Um, especially as Chris just tries to erase Caitlin from her life and their memories. <laughs> well, speaking of which, we will find out a little bit more of that next week, as we have been teased in uh the teaser, I guess, for next week's episode. Um, looks like Caitlin is sharing her, uh, book. Her memoir. Her memoir in which she claims that Robert Kardashian Sr. only defended OJ to get back at Chris for being with Caitlin. (laughs) Fascinating, Caitlin. (laughs) Tell us more about how the entire world revolves around you. Yes. Well, will you be tuning in to that, actually? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I have to say I think I will be. Excellent. I will try to do the same. Great. Maybe we'll hear from you again. Maybe we'll hear from you again. In the meantime, you can be found on Twitter at Kayla Chapin. That's correct. Tweet me if you want. Don't slide in my DMs. Okay, you can. I'm just kidding. You can slide into my DMs if you want. (laughs) Instagram. Those are my only things. Oh, yes. Snapchat for your cat pics. Kayla M. Chapin on that one. Mm -hmm. Forget the M. That's my middle name. (laughs) I'll give you... um, three guesses tweet me with your guesses on what my middle name is <laughs> um thank you for joining me again this week what a pleasure it's been you can find um general k-hole content at the k-hole podcast um on twitter as well as on facebook um you can follow me on twitter at ashley branch you can follow brooke on twitter at brkmrn she's at an academic conference this week doing super cool stuff because she lives like the coolest best life 
Um, so proud of her as always. And feel free to rate and review us on iTunes and let us know what you thought of this episode, answer questions you want answered in the future. Um, you know, how much you want me to stop drinking screwdrivers during this podcast, let me know. How much you wish that I would never appear on the show again. <laughs> like, that's fine. <laughs> what you thought She of... can fire me. It's, you know, I'm not even under contract, so. <laughs> <laughs> not contractually obligated to promote this appearance. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we'll be back next week in some form or another to talk about the big reveal about Caitlin's memoir, which I'm sure will um, continue to disappoint us in new and exciting ways. Uh, but we're not going to stop, so be sure to follow us on Twitter for a continuous Kardashian news coverage, and be sure to tune in next week. Kayla, do you remember how we end the show? I do. Fantastic. <laughs> this has been the K-Hole. Don't be fucking... <laughs>